Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Lunch Hour with Renault. Uh, my name is Justin, and you all know Renault. Hey, hey Renault. guys. Great to uh, see you guys. And today we're joined by Carrie Waters, who's our Mosaic Connect director. I'm going to be done with my lunch by the time we get started on this. You need to wait. Stop eating until we know that it's a green light, because otherwise you're going to be fake eating. Or you're going to have this empty plate, and they're going to be like, what yes. happened? What happened? Is that last week's lunch? How many lunch? takes did they take? <laughs> Uh, do you always take takes? No, no, this is the first time. Welcome to a first experience That's for all of us. Cut. <laughs> this could be the bloopers. Yeah, that would be kind of funny. That would be funny. Is this recording at all? Because this would be funny bloopers. <laughs> that would be really funny to post later. I swear, if we're actually on right now, I'm going to be so excited. No, like, legit. I am going to be so excited. Welcome to Mosaic, people. Funny. This is what I love about our this church. This is my Real favorite. Life, live. We're going right here. So we are live. Okay, we're rolling. This is take 17. This is the best. And I love it. It's awesome. And I was eating my lunch until I was rudely interrupted by technical difficulties. So there I'm get actually weren't technical difficulties, which make it even funny. Have we been on the whole time? Yep. Yes. So you're not Love eating you your lunch for no reason. <laughs> um, anyway, we are really excited to be here. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're excited to have both Renault and Carrie. Um, and we're excited oh gosh, also to jump into a new series. Uh, the new series is called The Art of Living. And today we're going to talk about the first part of that series, which is the language of God. Um, and I think it's probably helpful to start with why is this series called The Art of Living? Great question. Um, so in 2009, Renault did a series for about three months that was one of my favorite series called The Art of Living, and it's basically um, talking about what our mission statement is here at Mosaic Church, which is demonstrate our passion for God and his passion for people, and um, just living in that and, and doing so out of loving God, loving people, and serving the world. So um, The Art of Living just became a series based on our mission statement here at Mosaic, which is demonstrating our passion for God and his passion for people. And so uh, the first one he did, the first message in that series, was the um, the language of God, which was really good in talking about prayer, and um, I learned a lot on that. But I'm telling you what, next week is pool fences, so join back next week again, because pool fences is one of my favorites, and then palm trees, and all of those things will make sense when you watch it, but great series. But yeah, so the language of God is what I think we're going to talk about today. Yes, yeah. and I think it's really special that you're here with us, because people who have been around Mosaic a long time, know that there's not many people who embody that demonstrating our passion for God and his passion for people Absolutely. more than you. So That is totally so true. I came today. I know. That's totally true. <laughs> so, I mean, you. and really, like, I mean that. Like, it's, it's really cool to see the impact that, that has, not just, uh, it's felt in the lobby when people walk in. You know, they see coffee and donuts. That's a step of it. But then connection and loving yeah. people. We were joking earlier about your smile is like the biggest Aww. smile ever and so <laughs> he's like why didn't I get a big smile like you <laughs> I have a small smile why is my smile what? so big so I, some of you may know this but I mean <laughs> Carrie has been with this story from literally the the second week and mm -hmm. so th this story has no part of it that Carrie isn't a part of so uh, embodying the journey that we've been on as a church uh, into our mission into loving God loving people and serving the world and into uh, really understanding what that means has has been a part of our journey together from day one. So yeah. you've helped make awesome. that vision a become a reality. Yeah. So awesome. we're excited to have you. Thank Today you. we are talking, as you mentioned, about the language of God. Um, and so the simple question there is, what is the language of God? Yeah, you know, um, that, is a, that is a great question. And I think part of the reason why we're even in that space of what does it mean to have conversations with God? Because that's what this boils down to is, I'm supposed to have a conversation with God, so conversation requires language. What does that mean? And the reason we even talk about having a conversation with God is if we say that this mission that we have demonstrating our passion for God and his passion for people is, uh, is unpacked in its simplicity in love God, love people, and serve the world. Though that sounds so simple. Just go love God. It really does beg a question. What, is, what does that mean? 
Like, he, he's not hanging out here with me like Carrie is. So how do I love an invisible God, a, a God that is present, but I don't know how that presence plays out? How do I have a conversation? Because when we have a conversation like we're doing now, there's this two-way reality going on that you're saying something and I'm waiting and then I'm saying something and I know when you interrupt me or you do and then I stop and then I interrupt back mm-hmm. and it's this natural space. But how does that play out with God? And so if we're going to begin to uh, explore relationship with God in terms of conversation, we really do have to ask the question then, what is in fact uh, the language, if you will, by which I converse with God? Part of the reason why language becomes such a critical piece and before we actually nail down, like, here's the language of God, um, is because I've, I've realized in my own personal journey how incredibly important language is to the ability to connect with another human being, right? You can connect on some level without language, but it is extremely limited. So as many of you guys know, I have eight kids, four of whom are adopted. And when we adopted my four children seven, almost seven years ago, um, they, they spoke no English, and I did not speak Tigrinya, which is their um, home language. I, I spoke zero. I knew the word, I love you. That's all I knew. And they probably knew the word, like, hello. So there wasn't a whole lot. And I remember um, early on in my interactions with them, longing so much to communicate things to them about me and my love for them and, and, and what's waiting for them uh, in, in, at our home and why we're doing this, or wanting to hear when I saw a sad face or I saw something I could see in the eyes. But So now I want to extract, like, what's the matter like you do with your three-year-old? What's going on, buddy? And realizing, here's what I had, hugs and smiles. Yeah. That's it. Because uh, Rahel, who's my youngest of the adopted, She's a conversationalist, as many of you now know, because you meet her in the lobby and she talks your ear off. And (laughs) I'm a conversationalist, so that works out well, because I like to talk. And the reality is, unfortunately, in that, that when we were trying to converse, it didn't matter how much I talked or how much she talked. Mm. There was zero transfer, because we didn't have what? Language. Language. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, in in a conversation that you're going to have with God, if it's a two-way street, which we're going to talk about a little bit, first we have to ask ourselves, like... I, I need either him to know my language or I need to know his. Now, he knows mine. I got that. Sure. But it doesn't really help if I, if I don't know his. And so one of the things we're going to talk about a fair amount today in our, in our time is um, how do we hear from God beyond hugs and smiles? Yeah. And we talk a lot about body language. Hugs and smiles are like a rainbow in the sky or a, a breeze or something in creation, a butterfly, or a, a sense I get of God's presence or peace whenever I'm in, a, in turmoil. Like There's a lot of ways God speaks to me through creation, through experiences and feelings that are these deep just senses of his presence. But those aren't language. Those are hugs and smiles. Mm-hmm. How do we engage in language? So I haven't answered the question yet, but I think we kind of will as yeah. we go. So. Uh, get ready, the language of God coming your way. Yeah, and so we've got a couple of questions that we'll get into. Before we do that, I want to make sure that we say hey to some friends that are with us. Yeah. Um, and really quick, Carrie, um, they're having a hard time hearing ah. you. So if you'll just be able to yes. speak up a little bit. Um, but I want to just mention a few people who are here with us. Put we want to say hey. Scoot here because the, then right. we can, then yeah, we can that talk. way they can right. they can hear you a little bit. There you bit. go. Now you can hear. <laughs> so, uh, hey, welcome. Uh, LA is here. Iris is here. What's up, guys? Mandy, welcome, guys. Uh, we got Dave Dunbar, Leslie, Marie, Jennifer Sullivan, hey, Yara. Hey. Got a bunch of our friends here with us today. Awesome. Um, if you're just joining us, we do want to say welcome, and we want to let you know that we are starting a new series uh, during our lunch hour with Renault Time called The Art of Living. Um, and we're really excited about that. If you missed the beginning, go back and listen, because Carrie kind of helped set the stage for what the series will be. Um, and it really comes out of our DNA as a church. And so we're excited to do that. And today we're going to talk about the language of God. Um, and so with that, uh, you know, we talk about hearing, we talk about language. Obviously, we can speak. Prayer is a huge part of our lives uh, as followers of Jesus but when we pray, uh, does God speak back to us, or is this kind of a one-way street? Like, Ooh. what's happening? Carrie, I would love to hear from you. So a lot of times when I'm reading the Word of God, praying the Word of God, so uh, John Piper has this awesome quote, and he says, uh, do you want to hear from God? Then um, read the Word. And if you want to hear Him audibly, then read the Word out loud. And I just mm. love that quote, because I'm like, man, when I'm reading the Scripture, 
I'm reading it and then I'm stopping and I'm pausing because what I just read was God talking to me. Yeah. And so then I'm pausing and then my response is back to God what I'm praying back to him in adoration or supplication. That's really yeah. good. You know, um, as, as Carrie, so obviously we're kind of starting to touch into like how we hear from God and ultimately that's going to come down to, to language as well. I, I think it's interesting to me, um, a, a number of years ago, uh, this little book came out um, that many of you will have heard of. It's called The Shack. And um, it is uh, a bit of a theological nightmare <laughs> as, 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 as books go. Um, but... It, it, it resonated deeply with people. Um, the, it started as a small book, and then it got very popular, and then it became a movie. And so whenever a book becomes a movie, you know because it sold millions and people resonate. And then the movie was popular. And so the curiosity I had was, here's this book. What makes it so incredibly popular in its resonance with people? Because whether it's theologically sound or not, it's resonating. So wh- why? And when I read the book and then went to watch the movie... I, I, it became so clear to me in, in the book. This the, the idea is this guy that um, uh, studied theology, went to seminary, and then hits this tragedy. And suddenly, the God that he's experienced through church in general, a religious experience where he studied God, mm-hmm. wasn't enough anymore for this tragedy. It didn't explain anything. Mm-hmm. And he gets this note in the mail, apparently from God. And I, I love this little quote in the book where it's kind of him interacting, saying. This is outside of my theology, this note that God wants to talk to me. And then he goes to the shack and he meets God, and that's where the theology gets all crazy. Um, But he suddenly has a relationship with God that's a conversation outside of the textbook that he studied to dissect God. And I think that this is where this whole idea begins of is this a two-way conversation or not. I think we fall into one of two camps usually. Either we fall into the camp where the word of God becomes the textbook by which we understand mm. who God is. And we study that textbook through people that interpret it correctly so that we can have a correct clarity of who God is. Essentially, it's like an experiment. We dissect God on the table and then we hand this God we've dissected to people. Here's God, mm. here's God, here's God. That is not a relationship. Yeah. That is a study of. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with studying God, but if that's all you do, then it's theology. Nothing yeah. but theology. It's not relationship. Or we fall into the camp where we say, since I don't want to just study God, I'm going to take that whole thing of the textbook and it'll be a secondary thought for me. I want to experience God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to just hear and experience and watch and listen for whatever God moves in me. And then I'm going to roll with that. And then you end up with a, uh, a, an experience that has little theology and yeah. therefore is a complete like mess in terms of what God is actually saying and what's me and what's him. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is we want to step into a space where we realize God did not write this book as a textbook by which we study him. He wrote it as a living language mm-hmm. by which we hear him. But if we don't have his language, we hear wrongly. Yeah. And so it is the both and, not the either or. It is saying, I want to experience God in conversation, but that means I need a language by which I'm hearing from him, which answers the question. My speaking to him is whatever's in my soul. He can handle my wrong theology. He can handle my wrong ideas. He can handle my wrong feelings. But then my hearing from him is as a starting point and as a authoritative point, what he speaks to me through his words, like Carrie said, Sometimes his word is coming to mind. Sometimes I'm reading it out loud so I can hear it back. Sometimes I'm reading it quietly and it's speaking. But if I don't know his word, I'm limited to only what I know uh, of his word because otherwise everything else is just body language. And then when you have his word in you, Mm. whether you have the Bible in your hands or not, he's using it to speak to you. That's right. And that's the the space where we memorize Uh his language. So if you think about language, we have all these apps now that are translation apps. And I do love them because when I go to like Rio de Janeiro, I now have a Portuguese English one. So it's fun to talk now because I'll go like this. I'll say something in English, then I'll push the button and it'll talk in (laughs) Portuguese. And then they'll say something in Portuguese. I'll push the button and we'll talk back in English. And that's pretty cool. But that's like having the Bible that I've not memorized. So the only time I can actually have a conversation with God that I know is going to be accurate in his language is if I have the Bible with me and I'm I'm reading and then it's a big Bible. So that's a lot of translating to do in one shot. But the more I memorize Portuguese, the more I can put the app away and I bump into any person whether I have uh, internet access or not 
and I can have some conversation. And the more Portuguese I learn, the more I can hear and understand. The more of the word of God I plant in my heart, the more he can speak on my dailiness as I buzz around. And I don't need to be carrying the Bible with me or paging through it. He can speak, which is why it's so important for us to get to know and memorize the word of God. Yeah, Because that is the language of God. Mm. It's not the textbook. It's the language. It's the living word. Which will sanctify us and allow us to glorify him because we'll know how to. That's right. I think that's awesome. We received a a question uh, kind of ahead of time when we posted the preview of the topic. And you kind of answered it, but I want to make sure that we address it and give it kind of a direct answer here. Uh, Our friend L.A. says... Uh, she'd love to know why we have to pray since God already knows everything. So why do it? Now, mm. you, you mentioned relationship, but I think it's important because I think mm. a lot of people have this question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you mentioned relationship, but I didn't want to just like mm-hmm. skirt aside and hope that she got yeah. an answer to her question. Well, let me start and then you can interrupt yeah. and jump in. So th- this is a, a fantastic question. And actually, in the series that we did on, um, in 2009, it's yeah. on the website. I'd encourage you to go listen to it because I've been listening to it again. I mean, it's weird because it's me preaching it and I'm listening to myself. But um, since God actually speaks in me a lot of times to me, uh, it's, it was helpful. And I actually started this particular uh, uh, sermon this, with this story. Uh, in 2009, I had four children, not eight, and the four of them were little. And Hadley, who was nine years old then, she's 19 now, um, she came running downstairs at like 6.30 in the morning dragging Cole, who was two, behind her. And Cole had just gone potty, (laughs) and he was so psyched that he'd gone potty that he wanted to come tell me, and Hadley had helped him, so she wanted to come tell me helped him. And then Cullen, who I think was, what would he have been then, like six, his tooth was loose, so he came behind them at 6.45 in the morning on a Sunday, and he was wiggling his tooth trying to tell me that his tooth was loose. And then Hope was behind Cullen, and she wanted a snack. (laughs) And so I'm I'm trying to concentrate on getting ready to preach that very sermon. (laughs) And they're just rolling into the kitchen, and they're just going, all of them at once. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And, and I, I remembered in that moment as God was speaking to me on that particular Sunday that I preached that message, that uh, there's something about being a child that you realize, I don't talk to dad because I need something. I don't talk to dad because um, I'm, I'm – that's more teenage you know, my teenagers really only talk to me now when they want something, and so that'll pass too. <laughs> but you feel like this relationship break with teenagers that you don't feel with a three-year-old because yeah. what does the three-year-old do? If they're excited, they tell you. If they're sad, they tell you. If they're scared, they tell you. If they've, something's happening, they tell you. In fact, they tell you so many things all the time that you're basically like, please, I don't need every <laughs> don't bit of information. Don't tell me anymore. But here's the thing. What does Jesus say? You, you want to know what it's like, what, what I want, how I want to relate to you? Oh Be like God. a kid. Be like a kid, man. The kids get it. And so to answer the question, L.A., we need to include God in everything. That's a big part of this conversing with God is just start learning to include God in everything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you're nervous and you're scared, you're going into a classroom situation or you've got a test or you're going to have a conversation with someone that you're nervous about, tell God on your way there, I'm super nervous, man. I'm super scared. When my kids tell me they're scared, what do I tell them? Do I fix everything? No, but I say this to them. It's okay, kiddo. I'm right here with you. I got you. I don't have to explain to them how I've got them, what I'm thinking. They just need to know they told me and I'm there. When they're excited, I'm the one that gets to go, boom, I'm glad you love that. When I give them a gift, when you get a parking space that you've kind of wanted, now don't take this theology in the wrong wrong direction, right? (laughs) But sometimes I'm driving and there's just the, the perfect parking space. You know what I do? I pull in and I'm like, thanks, God. Like, thanks. Like, thanks. This is a nice little gift right now. Um, we talk to God, even though he knows everything, we talk to him because relationship isn't about he knows it, so don't tell him. Relationship is about I need to tell him because I want him to know it. Yeah. I know that sounds weird, but I want you to know me. I want you to know how I'm feeling. And, and I know theoretically you do already, but you want to hear me say it. That's called relationship. And so yeah. conversation with God is including him in as much as we can. Mm-hmm. It's knowing his language so that he can speak into what we're including him in through his word, by his spirit. And it's recognizing that he has body language, the rainbows, the butterflies, the wind, the creation. So I'm looking for God to speak to me in the dailiness of relationships and creation, body language. I'm looking to God to speak to me directly through his word, by his spirit, his language. And I'm looking to tell him everything all the time because I'm his kid. And I want to run downstairs when I go potty and say, I went potty. I'm two, but I went potty. Just so he can be like, yay, well done. Or I know that if I'm 
if something's happened to me and I've been offended or um, stressed or worried, I know that if I sit and try to get uh, get rid of that stress or worry or being offended, I, I'm, I get more stressed or mad at myself that I can't. But if I just step away and go and hang out with Jesus for a minute and talk to him about it, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about it. And he's the one working it out in me. And so when I go back into the conversation of the relationship, really, truly, it's changed. And it's just because I've had time with God. I love it when Hannah in the Bible, she's, she's, she wants to be pregnant. And so she goes to the temple and, and you know, she, she's so... Uh, just desires it that she's just mumbling right and they're thinking are you are you drunk and um, you know it was one of those moments where Hannah's just spending time with God pleading begging talking to him and then right afterwards she goes and eats and she's fine and I'm like she's fine but not because she's pregnant she didn't it wasn't because oh now I got my pregnancy it was more because I just hung out with my father Mm. and that's what allowed her heart to be settled and and that's beautiful and I think that answers the question perfectly doesn't it that prayer is not just, again, about us navigating to get what we want no. from God. Then you'd only talk to him when you need something, and frankly, you wouldn't need to because he already knows. And that's not, yeah. Prayer is about us going to God to include him so that we can be changed and transformed mm-hmm. in the including. Whenever God's presence is felt because we're conversing with him, that changes us. And whenever he speaks through his word into our circumstances, whether exciting or difficult, that transforms us. Mm -hmm. And that is what we call relationship, conversation. Mm -hmm. And so this is all about having conversation with God so that it changes us, so that he has us with him and so that we hear from him. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And I hope that that answered your question, L.A. Um, We've got some more questions, but I do want to say hey to just some new friends who've jumped in. Um, Really quickly, we want to say hey and welcome to Alexis Fernandez. We love you, Alexis. Welcome. <laughs> uh, Bill Carlton, Ellie Avant, and Lynn Mon. So welcome. Hey, hi, Lynn. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are still jumping in to a new series called The Art of Living, talking today about the language of God. And so uh, when God speaks to us, we've established that he does and we know that he does. What does he say? And how can we know what it is that he's saying to us? I think for me, I'm always discerning um, is it God speaking to me? Is it me speaking to me? Is it the enemy speaking to me? And I, I just, I'm like, huh. Um, but I know that um, it's like you had said once, you know, you have these trains of thoughts that are going through your head all day long. You know, which train do you eject off the track and which train do you follow? And um, the more, again, you know God's word, uh, the more you know it's going to be his voice for sure. Um, and so I, I think that when you ask yourself, is this leading going to lead to sanctification? Is this going to lead to fruit? Follow that train. That's probably from the Lord. And if it's not, just eject it because that's probably our flesh or the enemy. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, it's a great point. I, I think at the end of the day, the, the giant question that always lingers is, wh- when God is speaking to me, not, now we're talking, I didn't read a passage where he's speaking to me. How do I know that it's him and that it's not me? Um, and... And I think ultimately, the more we know the Word of God, the more we study the Word of God, the more we memorize the Word of God, the more certain we become when He speaks to us that it aligns with what we already know is His will, His character, His His way, right? Because the Word of God is His language. It also reveals through language. Like, it's through language that my daughters and my sons get to know me. The language isn't a language for the sake of being a language. It is a tool by which I reveal myself and they reveal themselves to me and we get to know each other. I don't study languages so I can speak another language. I only study another language if I want to have a conversation at some point with someone who speaks that language. And so I think that what often happens is, uh, like I said before, we either get so stuck in this not being language but textbook. So we just study and God never speaks to us, I mean, he does, but we just never listen because we're so afraid we're going to get it wrong that we're like, until I know every piece of this language, I'm just going to, I don't want to hear anything from God. So you have the the part of kind of the religious um, systematic uh, people that say, I study this, I don't take any chances, that way I never go wrong. And I'm like, when you're learning a new language, dude, 
like you you got to kind of immerse and just sort of say a bunch of stupid stuff sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like you try and then they say, do you know what you just said? And you're like, no, but I can't wait. And they're like, you just said, can I go to the bathroom instead of I love you? And, and you know, and, but, but that's how, how you learn. So in our journey, as we study the word of God more and we're discerning God's voice, yes, sometimes we're going to miss some things, but that's what biblical community is for. Just like I'm having someone asking, like, did I say the right thing? I go to my, my um, wise counsel, my biblical community, and I say, I feel like God's maybe saying this. Like, do I know, do, am I missing anything in the word of God that you might know that I don't because you know the language better than I do? Mm. We, we spend time with wise counsel. We spend time in biblical community. Where we tend to go wrong is when we start abandoning the word of God as mm-hmm. authoritative and we say, whatever I'm hearing, if it feels right, mm-hmm. it must be right. Yeah. And I, you know how many times I've sat with people and, and they say, I prayed and God really gave me a piece about X, Y, and Z. And then I'm like, well, X, Y, and Z is actually not biblical. Mm-hmm. So God couldn't have given you a piece about that because he literally says in his word, don't ever do that. Yeah. And so then I'm like, so your, your, your trouble is you're hearing something and feeling good about it and you're equating that to God giving you peace, but you don't know his language, right? So here's what I would say. The more we get to know God's word, memorize it, study it, and read it, the more as we have these senses, those trains of thought, mm-hmm. we can begin to discern more and more which trains of thought align with scripture. Sometimes it'll be direct. I'm in the middle of a trial. I'm really struggling. I'm feeling anxious. I don't know what to do. And a train of thought comes to mind. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Is that from God? A hundred percent. Why? Because it's James chapter one, verse two. But, it, but, but he gives it to me on a Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. in the middle of a circumstance I'm having. Mm-hmm. Or... I get a sense that God says to me, that person sitting at that table, go talk to them. Uh, they're struggling and, and, and share with them my love. Now, is that a verse in the Bible? Nope. No. No. But is the Bible very clear? As you go, go make disciples uh, mm-hmm. telling people about me. And yes, yeah, so yeah. I, am, I am actually obeying what I know the will of God is in this moment that he speaks outside of this textbook, but he speaks in line with this textbook right. because it's not a textbook. What is it? It's a language. And so I, I, I learn as I grow in Christ and grow in his word to discern the voice of the spirit through his word and never disconnect the two. And if I don't know if it's a train of thought that's in the word, cause I don't know the word well enough. What do I do? I seek wise mm-hmm. counsel for people that do and say, I'm discerning this. What do you, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make some mistakes along the way. So God is gracious and he's awesome and he's teaching us as we go. Yeah, I think that that's so good is being able to, especially in that train of thought, mm-hmm. like you, we've been giving God's truth and God's yeah. word and his language. Yeah. And so being able to say, I love that. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's a direct quote, like it is God's word because you've hidden it within your heart. And so I love when moments when that comes up, you yeah. know, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. But then other times when it's not a direct quote, but it's a truth and a mm-hmm. principle that is from God. Yeah. Those are, are both incredible truths that we're like, oh, man, how cool to be reminded of this yeah. right. right now. I mean, constantly in my house, constantly. I mean, on a daily basis, God speaks to me and says, Reno, don't provoke your children. <laughs> That's actually in the Bible. Yes. And then I'm like, is this the will of God? Because I want to <laughs> sure. provoke them right now. In fact, I am provoking them right now because they're ticking me off. Yeah. But then God gently goes, I mean, dude, dude, you know, or hey, Reno, go, go love your wife. Like in my context, that's kind of the context I live in, in the family context. Or if, 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 you're, if you're in a context with a roommate that's driving you nuts, um, you've never been in that context, no, have you? I love my um, roommate. And, I mean, right now, yeah, she always has. Um, so, but if you're in a context where you're struggling in a relationship or you're, uh, or you're engaged in, in something and, and God speaks, hey, go do this. Mm-hmm. You know it aligns because it's already and it doesn't have yeah. to be direct. Like that happens to me all the time. Yeah. God speaks to me all the time because the word of God is something I spend a ton of time in. And I love what Carrie said earlier, that she reads it aloud to herself <laughs> uh, because it is a way of coming out of my mouth mm-hmm. through the word of God back to my ears and I'm hearing God speak. And that's a really good, that leads into a question that we've got is, uh, is it okay if you're not comfortable praying out loud? So obviously language and we talk out loud to one another, but, um, and that I love that. I love being able to hear God's word out loud. But sure. is it okay if you're not comfortable doing that? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so here's what, here's what I would say. Is it okay? Absolutely it's okay. Is that where you want to stay? Well, mm. it depends. Here's why. 
The question I would have for myself if I were uncomfortable praying out loud is this. Why mm. am I uncomfortable praying out loud? If the answer is because I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong or because I always feel like I'm less than the other people around me or because I, when, I, when I pray out loud I feel like I'm distracted, then, then my answer to you would be like, well, then let's work on overcoming those things because those things shouldn't keep you from being able to pray out loud. Most of what keeps us from praying out loud has nothing to do with language or God or conversation. It has to do with fear, value systems, mm-hmm. people-pleasing, etc., When you don't pray out loud in community ever because you're not comfortable with it, in some ways you rob the people around you of joining you in your prayers. Like we talked about this last Sunday where we said when when you're in a community and you're praying out loud, the other people are essentially praying with you. So let me be very clear. That's a journey, Mm -hmm. not a goal. It's not like if you're not praying out loud, you're just not mature yet or whatever. But, But I would also say... We, we shouldn't just say, oh, yeah, if you're not comfortable with it, therefore don't do it. 99% of everything that God calls me into, I, I start uncomfortably with. Like, whoa, I'm not comfortable with that. And then God goes, I know, but we'll get there. Yeah. So yeah. I would just challenge uh, the people that would say, I, I didn't pray out loud. I would yeah. just challenge them, why not? And then explore that and then find a mentor and begin to learn to say praying out loud is a communal thing. It blesses the body. Mm-hmm. And, and it is a way of, of unifying us together when we pray. Mm-hmm. When you're quietly in your house, I mean, I just generally am not walking around my house like, dear God, I just, I just don't pray out loud there. But when I'm with my wife and we're praying together, I also go like, I mean, if I'm not praying out loud, I'm just sitting silently and you're waiting. Mm-hmm. You might know I'm done when I say amen. But, but like that that breaks down the connection of this body mm-hmm. that we work in. So explore it. And a lot of times when somebody else is praying about out loud, I'm able to hear what it is that they're experiencing, like how they're understanding God to be, and then I'm learning from that. So it is also a, a beautiful space of um, discipleship. For, yes. yeah. um, so when you pray, I'm learning things about God as you're praying, and I think it's awesome. And learning things about you. And it, Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that there is a, that is a, but I mean, sometimes I still get sweaty palms when I pray. I mean, it, that can no, be yeah. a normal thing or, you know, nerves, but just to remember that it's not about me and just talking to God and not to the people as we're praying for the people. You yes. Know? Yes. That's good. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it sounds... You know, like prayer, there's growth there. Like it's it's something that, you know, you don't just from day one, yeah. you're not like an expert professional prayer, yeah. although that's not the expectation. Yeah. But it sounds like there's growth there. So how can we, as followers of Jesus, children of God who want to mm-hmm. go to our dad and tell him about everything, but we've never really done that before, like that's not been a part of our life rhythm, how do we know how to pray? How do we know how to create a space? I mean... Uh, one of the things that our friend Danny shared with us is is how do I pray without ceasing? I mean, that's a component of prayer too. Like, yeah. so yeah. we know that there's all these concepts of prayer, and we want yeah. to talk yep. to God, and we want to pray without yeah. ceasing. So, so that's that? a fantastic question, mm-hmm. and it kind of does lead into also how do, where, where do we start, right? So I, I I I say it this way: include God in everything. Like like burn that into your minds. Yeah. Include God in everything. Now, what that means is not necessarily that you now. Let's go through your day and I did I did I include him? Did I include him? It's it's a way of saying Thanks God. As I'm yes. driving around, as I'm thinking Thanks, thoughts, God. as I'm having conversations, like a lot of times, like in a conversation, like in a conversation, somebody might say something and I'll say, God, just give me some clarity on how I can speak into this. Or mm-hmm. wow, God, that's brilliant. Thanks for giving that to me. Mm-hmm. When I'm driving down the road and somebody's in the fast lane driving under the speed limit and i'm i'm having thoughts about things <laughs> beautiful things right? i've never been that person for no, you, right? I, I, no, you, not you, on the no, 408 not, not on the 408 never, okay. or, or on orange <laughs> avenue i was never the slow person Unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know in in those moments like i'll often just include god in that moment by just going god just like you know my heart just yeah. give me just give me some cl- like patience here and God, guard me from being a fool. Yeah. Even by myself in the car right now, I've got space to be a fool, even if only in my mind. Yeah. Like, guard me from being a fool. Mm-hmm. Like, or I'll say, God, remind me that this poor person in front of me, maybe they're just um, incapable mm-hmm. of, of like driving fast. <laughs> like, then God goes, Renault, and then I go, maybe they're just not in a rush. <laughs> Maybe they're doing soul 
care. Maybe they don't have anywhere to be in three seconds. Maybe they don't have eight kids. And then, so, so the point is, here's where you start. Just find ways on any given day to notice, to pay attention to moments that God is involved in that you can thank him for, ask him for, or just tell him, I'm feeling this way. I'm struggling with this. Please be with me with this. If you start there, eventually that becomes what I wholeheartedly believe Paul meant when he said pray without ceasing. It's not, boy, just like repeat words starting with dear father, please. It's just do not do life without God presently present in your mind. Don't do life that way. We are a forgetful people and our circumstances don't drive us to God. They drive us away from God if we're not careful. So if we drive ourselves constantly back to God is with me Mm -hmm. right now, God is with me. What do I want to tell him? And, and you start there. In that scripture, too, it might be Thessalonians, maybe first, I don't know. Um, but it's talking about always give thanks. And it's saying yes. that always and, and pray without ceasing, but also to that idea of don't stop praying ever. In the sense of don't give up on prayer. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, now I'm never going to pray again. No, don't do that. Just mm. pray without ceasing. Yeah. Don't yeah. let it be a point where you stop praying. Yep. Because I do think, again, a lot of times what prayer is relegated to is. You need something from God. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to say it in the right way so he'll give it to you. He's like, I'm just going to just be honest. That's what prayer is most often relegated yeah. to. And then what we do to make it feel a little bit better is we throw, like, um, Thanksgiving in. Thy will be done <laughs> yeah. on Thanksgiving. Like, you better say thank you when yeah. you end. Um, and, and you better just say your will be done so that you know that even though I really want this, if you don't give it, I'll be disappointed but pretend not to be. Like, like I just, I just... It's such a bummer because prayer becomes a tool by which we move God to do what we want. Now, does the scripture say that when we pray, when we fast, when we beg, that it moves God? It does actually say that. Do I understand what that means in the scheme of God's beautiful sovereignty? Not fully, other than God again doing a relational reveal to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am not something to be manipulated. I, I move for my people, with my people, by my people, just as I move them. But it's a relational reveal, not a formula. formula. Mm -hmm. And so what he's saying is, deal with me like a father. My kids come to me hoping that they move me, and sometimes, man, I'm moved by them. And so I go to God very often in prayer now, not formulaically, not to get something, but at the same time, when I want something desperately, I go to him like a dad and I beg him for it, right? Ask him nicely. At the same time, the praying without ceasing becomes this, I just want to include him. I just want to know that he's with me. I just want to say stuff to him. And some of that stuff is going to be begging him for things. And a lot of that stuff is going to be saying things. And that's also fixing our mind on Christ. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. Setting our eyes on him. And just knowing, too, that when, like, I see an 8 by 10 version of TV, and that's my life, whereas God sees the surround sound all around. And so when I'm praying, when he says no, or when he says wait... I would actually be praying for that if I knew the whole story, but I only know this story. Right. So, yeah. uh, and just to say, oh man, I'm bummed he said no, but instead I'm thanking him for saying no five years later because that yes would have been detrimental, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I that's, love that too because, like, when I was growing up, you know, my mom was always like, you're gonna be like the people you spend the most time around. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, but they're my friends. I'm hanging, you know, yeah. she's trying to get me to hang out with different yeah. people or, you know, whatever. But I love that same concept with being with Jesus, like mm-hmm. you said. You know, if we spend more time with God and we sp- spend more time with Jesus, yeah. we're going to know him more, but our, we're also going to begin to reflect him more in our lives, in our yeah. words, in our actions. And I, I love that, too, the transformation that happens when us when we're spending time with him, whether it's taking everything to him or whether it's carved out Bible study time, things like that. I love that concept, and my, my mom was right. And, and, and here's the other thing. you know, th- This also plays into where this whole conversation really was born out of, which is how do we love God, yeah. right? Uh, we love God. We love people. We serve the world. How, how do we love God? And the reason I started with conversation is because when your entire interaction with another relational being, another human being, or with God, mm-hmm. is two things. You study them, and you try to solicit from them, get yeah. from them what you want. Those are your two things. That is not going to birth in you a connection and intimacy, ultimately a love for them. It is actually going to do the opposite because when I ask, when they say yes, 
I don't celebrate them, I celebrate the yes. Mm -hmm. And when they say no, I'm ticked off at them, not at the no, right? Yeah. So like, it's funny how that works, isn't wow. it? Yeah. I don't because yeah. I, I say yes, you're happy about what you got. Yeah. I say no, you're mad at me. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't, no thanks, no <laughs> thanks for the got, but I, I get all the emotion when it's the other way around, right? Yeah. This is how relationship works yeah. when it's formulaic, when it's this person has what I want yeah. me to get it. So if I'm, if, if I'm dissecting God yeah. and I'm, I'm formulaic in my prayer. We miss the point. We miss the point. It's the point is Jesus plus nothing. That's right. And, and when this becomes language by which I unceasingly interact with God, then I fall in love with God yeah. mm. being with me. God telling me things, yeah. helping me, navigating me instead of what he's going to give me. And I'll tell you, in my personal journey, I know in Carrie's as well, it has moved us both to a place where, yeah, we still ask God for stuff. Mm -hmm. I know I do. She, yeah. I know she does. But, like, it's not even the point anymore. I just like, want to hang out with him. I just, yeah, I just like <laughs> hanging out with him mm -hmm. yeah. and getting to know him better and, like, learning things about him mm -hmm. as he speaks through his word. And so this starts stirring love in you for God and, and feeling loved mm -hmm. by God. And so it's just this beautiful journey into relationship, mm -hmm. which is why I think then all these verses begin to make sense. Yeah. It's a living word, not just a textbook. Pray unceasingly. Mm -hmm. Include me in everything. Be with me. I'm with you all the time. Never, never forsaking you. I'm always with you. I speak through my creation. Pay attention. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's cool. And then to have the spirit of God reside in us to say all that that I just said, I'll manage with you. I'll speak livingly to you through the word, through creation. Tell you things that are about this, but not directly from it. Mm -hmm. I'll direct your dailiness. I mean, that's, that's stinking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And suddenly then prayer moves from this. I do it once a day or once a week or when I'm in need to. It's just kind of what wait. I do all the time. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to have intimate conversations. So, you know, I interact with my kids all day long and Brooke, but I also can't wait for that evening time when the kids are finally in bed and Brooke and I just sit and we're like, okay, we've talked all day. So we've been unceasing, if you will, in our communication, sure. texting, logistics, stuff, what's going on. But now we get to Talk. converse. Yeah. And so there is this space for, I'm going to set aside 30 minutes Absolutely. just to pray, just to read mm -hmm. the word of God, to read it out loud or to just read it quietly, to say, God, speak, speak mm -hmm. to me now. Mm -hmm. Those are those intimate couches on the porch as the sun sets. Yeah. Just listen to the birds and go, just speak, God. Remind me that you're here. And that's good to, I think, help people be able to differentiate between the different rhythms. Mm -hmm. Like this ongoing regular you know, rhythm throughout your day, being with God, but then also the, those set-aside times okay. where you're like, I'm not going to allow any distraction to take place. I'm not going to allow myself to think about, you know, my work projects and my crazy kids and my, like all of the things you're able to say, this time is, is me and you. My, my life is me and you because I spend time with you and talk to you as I go. But this, this yep. is really good. I think that that's helpful yep. for people creating those rhythms. Isn't it funny? The second we start remembering that God revealed himself through his creation and through his word, which also means he reveals himself through how we function as humans. Yeah. He says, I'm groom, your bride. I'm friend, your friend. I'm father, your child. I'm, you know, like he has all these relational dynamics and then we live in them mm -hmm. and we're like, oh. Yeah. And then when, when all these other verses that in of themselves feel complicated, pray unceasingly, yeah. you know, pray this way, not that way, fast for me to be moved, but I don't get moved because I've written the whole story. And if he knows everything, why should I pray? All that stuff becomes simpler and simpler when I'm the three-year-old mm -hmm. and he's the dad and I relate to him like that, or he's the groom, I'm the bride. Mm -hmm. And I relate to him like that with my wife or my children or my friends. He's my friend, I'm his friend. And I relate to him like that. Yeah. In those spaces, it suddenly all becomes much more clear. Talk to him all the time, mm -hmm. include him in everything, and sometimes take special time just to be face-to-face -face focused. He has a language, make sure you memorize it and know it and, 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 and live in it. And then he'll speak through that language and through creation, measuring the language as a means by the authoritative statements he makes and the creation by the presence statements he makes. I'm with you, mm -hmm. the hugs, the smiles. And suddenly it's like, oh, prayer's not that complicated. Yeah. And it's yeah. just hanging with dad and asking him and thanking him. And yeah. I just try to kind of come back to that.
It's relationship. It's good. Mm-hmm. We've got some more friends. We want to say hey and then awesome. jump into another question. Uh, we got Sarah Hardy and Lisa LaFette. What's hey. up, guys? Hey, guys. Uh, we got Glenn Briggs and Jess Savage. Yay. Hey, guys. Jess, what's Hello. up? We got Kim from Virginia. Kim, welcome. Yeah, all the way from so Virginia. Awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. Not quite Jamaica. But uh, that'll be next week. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Angie Fowler Angie. and Suzette. What's up? Woo. And then we got Iris from Hong Kong. Hong Kong? Iris, you Iris, win. So welcome. <laughs> Thanks for jumping. Double win for Iris. Good job. Uh, and two that. other people jumped, jumped on, Amy Kuo Woo, and Amy. Lauren Kaufman. Oh, What's up? Awesome. congratulations. New baby. I'm Someday sure I'd love to us. see Joel and uh, your beautiful baby. <laughs> Soon. This week. I'm coming Soon. by. Soon. It'll be awesome. Um, yeah, so thanks for joining us. We're really glad to have everybody with us today. Yeah. It's been a really good conversation so far. Um, and we're talking about the language of God, how we hear from him, how we communicate with him. Um, you know, prayer is a big piece of that. We've obviously unpacked that. Um, but we had a question. Um, and if any of you have questions, we'd love for you to drop those here in the conversation um, so that we can get to those, answer those questions. We've got a great opportunity to spend some time doing that today. But one of the questions that we have right now is, um, are there prayers that God refuses to hear? Um, because I think that a lot of times we either don't hear a response or the response is a no, or there's certain things that we're not even sure if God wants to hear this. Like, so what does that reality look like in the relational dynamic t- between mm. us and God? That's a great question. I mean, right at the top of my, just thinking through the scripture, I would say, you know, God knows what we're going to say before we even say it. So, I mean, the reality is, is God knows everything. He's all knowing. Um, and so that's where I'm starting. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, here's, now, now again, so this is, I'm telling you, when we bring it back to relationship, it gets really interesting. So there are, there are uh, verses in scripture that say things like, um, you know, God, God does not hear us when we are mm-hmm. still living this way or behaving this way. Or for example, I love James where he says, um, you don't have because you do not ask. Mm-hmm. But when you ask, you ask wrongly for the things that are not God's will. And so he doesn't hear you, right? So, so you're like, okay, the Bible definitely says there are times where God does not take into consideration our prayers. He does not hear them per se. Now, obviously, it's not like, it's that when you're going to pray, there are times where God is going, we're not even having that conversation. Right. Yeah. So then, so then, here's what we do. This is what this is again. I just, yeah. like, I just get so frustrated with myself and with us as as a human race because here's what we do. And that becomes a formula. Right. Okay. So the question really is this: yeah. What things should I say right. so that he hears me versus the things I should say that he doesn't hear? And if if I don't get an answer, then the conclusion is, oh, I must be doing something wrong because he's not hearing me because he's wow. not answering. So we always come back to the relationship with God as genie in the, in the lamp mm-hmm. and I'm not rubbing the lamp correctly or I'm not calling him out correctly so About he's not hearing my prayers. And, and if I can just figure out, is there sin in my life because mm-hmm. that's why he's not hearing me? Is there, am I saying it wrong? Am I asking for something that's wrong? Mm-hmm. Because if I could just figure that out, then he will not refuse my prayers and then da-da, but here's the thing. Let's go back to relationship. Me as a dad with my kids, right? Mm. Oftentimes my kids will come to me, especially now in their sort of teenage years. And I mean, you know as a dad when they're like playing you. I mean, yeah. you just know it. Like you just roll in and like, you're playing me right now, right? So as they'll go, they'll start playing me. I will now often say, okay, just hold for a second. I am not interested in this conversation. I'll say, I am, not, I am uninterested in this conversation because this conversation is going to a place we've gone before I've already given you an answer to this puppy and you just trying to swing it around now or they'll come to me like, this is why this and this is why that. And then I'll go, okay, hold. Mm. Not even listening, not even listening, not interested. So I, like on probably a weekly basis, you'll hear this coming out. Not interested in this conversation, but I, stop. Not interested in this conversation. Yeah. Now, does that mean... I'm refusing, well, to, to a certain extent it is. Mm-hmm. Because what I'm saying to them is what James said to us. You don't have because you don't ask. And then when you do ask, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, come on, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I also often get these things where we've had a conversation with my kids. Then they'll come back a week later and like, Dad, can I, 
can I, like one, one of my kids, I love him to death, but he's you know, Xbox. And look, in my house, here's how it rolls, especially for that one, right? You get to play Xbox twice a week for 45 minutes during the week. And on the weekends, you get to play for an hour. That's almost uh, two and a half hours a week of Xbox. That's a lot, right? So I'm like, that's what you get. So, oh my gosh, the scheming, right? So, well, on Monday, uh, it took me 12 minutes to load the game. And then I, <laughs> I only did 13 minutes. I'm like, I had the clock running, buddy. It was 45. I don't care what you did on the Xbox, right? So, so he'll do this. He'll come and say, Dad, can I play Xbox on a Thursday? And I'm like, did you play on Monday? Yeah. Did you play on Wednesday? Yeah, but that was only... <laughs> Stop. Did you play? Yes. How many times a week? Twice. Yeah, but I... So that's yeah. what I hear when God says, yeah. you ask, but you ask for stuff like we already rolled on, man. Yeah. Like I'm not... You can't manipulate me. So to answer the question, I think God does refuse mm-hmm. prayers when we're asking from a sinful place, when we're mm-hmm. asking from a selfish place, when we're asking from a place that, come on, now we're just playing games, when we're formulaic. Now, again, please don't hear me wrong. There's not a formula where I say, so if you want God to answer you, don't be formulaic, don't be, in, because now we're back to, okay, I'm jotting this down, don't, don't be this, don't be that, and then I'll get what I want. No. Just know that sometimes this good father of ours knows when we're playing it. And so he's going, just so, we, just so we're clear, not everything you say to me is just going to be neutral or positive. Sometimes I'm just going, you know what? Not interested in this conversation. Like, we already know this. Yeah. So go ahead. Keep talking. But the longer you talk, the more disappointed you're going to be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a dad. I tell my kids this stuff. Yeah. And God tells me this stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good. And, and I mean... You said it a few times, but sometimes God God's answer is no. Like, yes, it's not that He's not yeah. answering. It's that yeah, sometimes the answer is is a. And by no. the way, the reason I do all this with my kids isn't because I'm actually not interested in their conversation. Sure, it's because I want them to grow up to be adults mm-hmm. that don't do this to their spouses, their friends, their workplaces, and other things. Yeah. I want them to grow up and mature. So, as a dad, my heart is always not what I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. It's you're doing this wrongly. And I'm going to help you're, you grow so you can do it right. I'm teaching them. In that. So yeah, when God's right. saying, I'm refusing, to, I'm, I'm just teaching. refusing to hear you right now. It's not him saying in James, if you don't get this right, I'm not listening. Right. If you don't ask for exactly the right thing, I'm not listening. It's him saying this. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to what you're asking for. Just right. be honest with yourself. Come on. Right? Yeah. It's growing us. So even in him ignoring our prayers, quote unquote, he is actually fathering us. Mm-hmm. He's actually teaching us. He's actually Sanctify. loving us. He's actually mm-hmm. sanctifying us. And that's why you come back to God. God is not a petty Greek God mm-hmm. who's like, I'm in a mood. I ain't listening. Or I don't like the way you're saying that. <laughs> He's always fathering us. He's always He's sanctifying yeah. us. That's good. We've got one last question. I'd love to have you start and see, yeah. um, and then Renault share, and then we'll, we'll finish up today. Um, I think that this question really resonates because I think a lot of us have asked this to ourselves and we've kind of skirted around and touched on it today. So um, when should I stop praying for the same thing? Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. there, there's an, any number of things that people have their list and they've been yeah. praying it for years uh-huh. and years. And yeah. that's faithfulness, which yeah, is amazing. But like at some point in time, you're like, I'm not getting an answer Right. When is it? When should I stop praying for that? I would love to hear your thoughts first. Yeah. So this is a great question, and pers- it, it, for me, it just hits because, you know, I have this finger right here that's still empty, and so I have prayed for a husband for years and years and years, and, you know, the the scripture, uh, delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Uh, I used to just take that second part of that scripture and just be, why isn't He giving me the delights of my heart? That would be a husband. And, you know, graciously and gently throughout the years, the Lord has shown me actually that first part of that scripture is more important, Carrie. Delight yourself in me. Mm. Delight yourself in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart because the desires of my heart are going to be his desires because I'm delighting in him. And so um, I have actually stopped praying for that, and it's not because, I mean, if God brought that into my life tomorrow, awesome. That'd be great. Sure. Um, But it's just the, I just haven't really... I'm so there. There is a contentment that God has given me, and um, you know, it's it's when you said that. That's the first thought that I had was that prayer that I used to pray, and now I don't. And um, you know, it's not because I don't desire it; I still do. But it's more just like, oh, I've I've forgotten about that, and I used to pray diligently. So I don't think that there's an answer to 
you know, I know that he remembers our prayers, whether we ask it once or 50,000 times. Um, but I do know that um, my, my heart's changed of contentment. And so uh, in that, uh, there's mm. been a, just an extreme grateful just um, response of thanks, Lord, for just allowing that contentment. And I don't live there. Some days I'm not, and I'll remember, oh, yeah. But I really don't think mm. that... That's great. Well, that's great. You know, I, I think that this leads right into this space um, of when I should stop praying. And I, I, I mean, I sound like a broken record, but it comes back again to relationship, right? Not formula. So for me, uh, if, if all of this is a relational dynamic between me and my dad and my dad being a good father, then there's ways that I discern why I'm praying things or how long I need to pray things for. So on the one hand... If I'm praying something and I discern that what I'm praying for is actually not even a great thing, like I talk to some wise counsel and they're like, yeah, I mean, praying for that specific thing, I would suggest you change your praying more toward this. So, for example, if there's a a particular thing I want or a particular reality that I want to experience and I've been praying and praying it and I kind of start discerning like, man, I, I don't even know if that's a good thing to have. Mm -hmm. Certainly when there's that kind of discernment, then you kind of go, God, you know, sorry, I I thought that was going to be important and it it really wasn't. We we shape and change on what's important, what's not. Mm -hmm. Other times, it's a it's a discontent versus a content. Now, when I say that, I don't mean discontent, sinful, content, Mm -hmm. uh, mature. I mean, it's still hard for me. So I'll use a really great example. You know somebody that's a loved one that doesn't know Jesus Mm -hmm. and you just... You're discontent with yeah. that. Like, I'm discontent with the people I love that don't know Jesus. When am I going to stop praying for that? Uh, never, never, right? Mm-hmm. Until they take their last breath. Mm-hmm. Now, when they die, I'm going to probably stop praying that because I don't have a theology that says I'm going to pray for them after that. But until they take their last breath, I'm going to pray that unse- I mean, as, as regularly as I can, right? Sure. Because it's in me and it's stirring. For Carrie, in, in this example she used, if that was still just kind of a driving desire, I would tell her, just keep asking God. But, but here's what I would caution her on. And for her, she's landed in this beautiful place of contentment. But I would say, if your prayers are continuing to stir discontent in you, like oh, you're yeah. getting more and more frustrated with God. Yeah. He said no for years. I just don't understand. Then I would switch my prayers from the thing that I want to God. Would you... Bring me to contentment and joy whether or not this thing has. So here's what I would say. When we're praying for something other than God himself, always just be discerning. How much do I really want this? How long do I push for? Mm -hmm. If it's something that God wants, someone's salvation and I want it to, I would just say just keep keep rolling. If it's something I want that's not God himself, pray diligently. But, but pay attention to your contentment, discontentment, and if it's driving you to this, eh, mm-hmm. then go seek wise counsel and change your prayers. It's good. It, go. And I would also say the Lord's Prayer is a great example for us. And so mm-hmm. in the Lord's Prayer, it's constantly giving it back to Him. So we're constantly, our, our eyes are focused on Him and not on us, right? So when Jesus is praying that, it's really all about God. And so a lot of times, even in that, I'll switch my prayer to what I want to just being adoration to him yes mm. and then what i want becomes just kind of secondary and not as important yeah. to me yeah. so even praying in the spaces of great desire to use your example man i god i would love to have a relationship on this planet that's a husband wife relationship that seems to be kind of a cool thing and I, and I would love to share in it would you god give me the same satisfaction i might find in that from you that i don't yet have that and if you ever give me a husband would you make sure that that husband doesn't become the idol that i feel like he could be even now that i don't have one so do you see now what am i actually asking for more of god God Mm -hmm. and husband would be really nice you know what i'm saying yeah and so carrie's gone to the place where she's like i'm kind of just at the more of god space right now yeah in 10 years, she may be praying for her husband again. She may not be. Yeah. The point is God gives us the freedom in that. But yeah. it should always be, God, there's something I want. It may be a distraction from actually wanting more of you. Right. Would you give me more of you so that this diminishes? But in the meantime, also, I'd love to have this. Yeah. So I, I hope that answers the question mm-hmm. um, in terms of when I should give up. But it, it shouldn't be, my guess is God ain't listening. Or my guess is mm-hmm. he's definitely said no. If you don't, like, if you feel like you just want to keep praying for something, that's, remember, this, this entire life is a breath. So if I pray the entire life for something, I've prayed this much, 
right? Which is crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> so we feel these long, a decade of yeah. prayer. You know how many stories I know of someone that prayed for a, 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 a mom, a dad, a, a kid to know Jesus for 35, 40 years, and then on their deathbed, they articulated faith in Christ and came to Christ. And, and, and I'm like, oh, do you regret for one second spending four decades no. praying Never. for that? Not for one second. Yeah. Now, at the same time, I know people that have prayed for four decades for something and never seen it yep. realized here. And then I go to uh, verses like in Hebrews where it's like many uh, that had promises never saw the fruition of those promises, but they had their eyes set on what? Another land that God was waiting for. And he's speaking in Hebrews 11 there to the men and women of faith who never even realized some of the things on this planet. They wanted a new land and need this, but they knew at the end of the day, all things will be made new here. And so pray hard, pray unceasingly, mm-hmm. include him in everything. Pray for the things you desire, but at the end of the day, want more of God yeah. by having relationship with him through prayer, through language, unceasingly, or including him in everything, and all this other stuff will kind of play, fall into place. And yeah. know him more so you and can trust him, him with the answer. Yeah. yeah. Funny how that works, the changing that works. once we're yeah. like engaged yeah. and connected to him. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks, yeah, Carrie, thank you for guys being so here. much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so good to spend time with you. We guys. were really glad to be able to spend this time with all of you today. Uh, be sure to tune in next week as Carrie it's previewed so a little bit. Uh, we'll be jumping into our next Art of Living series uh, subject called Pool Fences. Pool Fences. We're going to leave it as a mystery go as to what pool it. fences are, but go listen to it. It's on the website. You can yeah. find it there. Um, well, then it won't really be a mystery anymore. So but, either listen to it. <laughs> And then you'll know. Or come next week and after we're done next week, listen to Pool Fences. In the meantime, this week, go listen to Conversations, Mm -hmm. which is under our media tab, under Art of Living, and then the first one, Conversations. And a lot of what we talked about here is in there, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot more in there that we didn't cover here about just this idea of ongoing conversation with God. Yeah. And join in next week. Make sure you let us know. Send us questions throughout our time, uh, and we'll be sure to get to those as often as we can. Great to be with you guys. Thanks, y'all.